0: Let's get ready to barbecue. Cowboy Kev here welcoming you to the Man Meat Barbecue Show with your host, Mikey K. Man Meat Barbecue is proudly brought to you by Fire & Smoke Barbecue, catering and seasonings. You can check them out at fireandsmokebbq.com to order up all your seasonings or if you're in the Chicago area, check out their catering menu. Looking for an instant read thermometer, but without the crazy price tag, check out Thermapro, the best selling most affordable thermometers on Amazon. With the introduction of the new Thermapro TP19, you can now get your hands on an ultra fast instant read thermometer with all the features you could want like waterproof, two second timing and highly accurate. And it's even got a backlit rotating display and it's only 24 99 and even better if you head over to amazontp.com backslash meat and use the code manmeatbbq at checkout, you'll get an extra 15% off. 15% off of $24.99. You can't beat that. Are you a caterer? Maybe you own a restaurant. Or do you just want to cook the best damn barbecue on the block? Look no further than Myron Mix and Smokers, made right here in the USA. Myron Mixon Smokers has a full line of smokers, from the H2O water smokers all the way to the BarQ pellet cookers, and everything in between. Check them out at MyronMixonsmokers.com, and don't forget to tell them, Mikey K. sent you. And now, please welcome your host, Mikey K. What's up, guys? So
1: we are hanging out with Jeff Furtado, Furtado Farms, right? Um... If you don't know who they are, they're, they're a farm. I believe you guys are based out of Canada. Um, and once you hear him speak, you'll totally understand that he's from Canada, eh? Uh, <laughs> but you guys do – you do kiln-dried cooking wood and or um, – I'm sorry. None of your stuff is kiln-dried. Am I correct?
2: Yeah, pump the brakes. Absolutely no kiln. Here. No
1: kiln-dried. I'm sorry. My bad. That, it's 100% not kiln-dried. I'm sorry. Um, That's all right. So that's what you guys do. You guys offer a variety of smoking and cooking woods, which is fantastic. Um, If I'm not wrong, you guys carry – what kind of woods do you exactly carry? Because I I think there's a lot of them and I don't – I'm not going to be able to recall them all. I know there's some hickory. There's some sugar maple. I know you guys got oak.
2: I'm missing stuff, right? We got six flavors we carry across the board in all our variety, in all types. Okay. Um, We've got the hickory, the oak, apple, cherry, and then we also carry apple and peach. Okay. So that rounds off the six flavors, and then all six of those are available in chips, chunks, logs, and now pellets as well.
1: Okay. Now, what kind of got you into start? Like, what got what got you into like creating this? You guys were established in two thousand twelve. It's been a minute. What kind of like? What made you say, you know what? There's a market for this. Let's let's start doing it.
2: Wasn't really something that I was born to, you know, grow up to do. You know what I mean? It kind of yeah. one thing led to another, and basically. Uh, Good friends of ours, and I'm going to name drop, own Lancaster Smokehouse here in in town. And they were basically the smokehouse in kind of southwestern Ontario, where we are from. Uh, They were in a bit of a pickle, and their current supplier of hickory was out, and the restaurant depended on it. Um, I burned a shitload of wood in our house to heat it for the winter. Okay. So... We helped get them out of the jam. Long story short, we continued to supply them, um, and yeah, slowly grew from there. We noticed there was a niche in the area in Canada in general for you know good quality smoking and cooking woods. So we slowly took over and and tried to fill that niche, and we put a brand on it. We started, you know, advertising on social media. Found the right people, the right time. Yep. a lot of luck and good timing, and obviously, like any business, take a few risks and and here we are.
1: And now I, I gotta believe that you were you had to be a little bit into barbecue, obviously. Oh,
2: yeah, gotta love the barbecue for sure. So, um,
1: what kind of started that journey like? Were you already using a bunch of your wood, so you kind of already knew, like, listen, we have all this wood. Obviously, you have to have a decent amount of land up there um, to grow all that wood, correct? Or are you guys sourcing it from another source?
2: We don't really get a whole lot off of our own property. Um, We deal very closely with loggers and basically get it right from the source. Okay. Uh, I mean, that being said, majority of our stuff is within – sourced within an hour radius of where we are so try to keep it pretty local and uh for no reason other than it's it's as good as it gets up here where we are right
1: and obviously with the with the flavors that you guys had was that kind of just for what you were able to source or did you kind of look for that were you like listen i want to i'm gonna try finding these certain flavors because i know like you have a cooking background in the sense of you you like barbecue. So were those kind of the flavors that you would have sourced like looked out for yourself?
2: Well, it definitely started with the hickory, which is still, you know, a lot of people's staple wood of choice. Um personally I don't really like hickory, but our sales seem to like it because it seems to top the charts almost every year in popularity. Okay. But uh yeah, it definitely started with hickory. Um, and then as we expanded, you know, you, you read and learn about different types of woods that are good for cooking and, you know, apple came, came quickly behind hickory. And then one that really surprised us how good it is, is the sugar maple. And that was kind of one of the later woods we introduced. And man, it's obviously what you get, sh- uh, maple syrup from Yep. and it's just got such a sweet, sweet flavor profile, sweet smoke. It's not overpowering. Like, I get questioned all the time. What what should I use? And, you know, first question I ask is, you know, no offense, but do you know what you're doing? Or is this something new? Like, is this, are you trying it out? And if it's not someone that's pretty confident, pretty experienced, I'll tell them to try sugar maple every time. Because it's really hard to screw it
1: up. <laughs> I personally like sugar maple a lot um i think it gives a very it gives very nice color yeah and it it is it's it's well obviously it is one of the uh the lighter the lighter woods it's not gonna yeah. give you a super overpowering taste but I, I think it gives a really nice one and it complements it complements your pork really really well it complements chicken um it, it's not it's a it's a good all around wood it really is
2: Oh yeah, like you could even go as far as beef with it, and you it's, could, yeah. It's gonna be on, like I said, it's gonna be on the more subtle end, but you know, I'm okay with that personally. I eat so much barbecue that I don't always need the heavy smoke and that thick smoke ring. Like sometimes less is more, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, I I personally enjoy it. Like I said, I um, I think it's a really good a, a really good wood to do on your, you know, on your on your ribs. Something like that. I love it on my ribs because it's not going to overpower it. It's going to be fantastic. You know what I mean? So, yeah. I, I I recommend that wood quite a bit. It's not the easiest to source for us down here, though.
2: Yeah, I I can imagine. Um, <laughs> it's it's pretty easy up here. I mean, especially where we are, we're literally in like maple syrup country. Okay. Um, so that's
1: that's right there for you.
2: Yeah, but I mean, so that we always have an easier time finding that. But, like, the hickory and the oak for us are are a lot more of a challenge to keep in stock. And, like, I get asked all the time, well, well what if you run out of wood? Like, what are you going to do? It's like, well, you got to you gotta look further and drive further and make more calls. And, like, there's always wood out there. But definitely the sugar maple is an easier one to find.
1: Now, how do you guys – since you guys don't kiln dry, how do you go, go about drying and aging and, and, and making sure that your wood is ready to burn? Yeah.
2: So that that's literally one of our biggest selling features, which like people that really know what they're, what they're doing on behind the grill or behind that fire is, you know, the non kiln dried wood has so much more flavor and natural moisture that gives you that extra little bit of smoke. Like Anything that's kiln-dried is is baked down to, uh, like, under 5% moisture, where ours is 20. And, uh, like, it goes up in flames, and you barely know it's there, right? So our stuff literally gets cut, split, stacked, and it's out in the elements for at least 12 months.
1: Okay, so a full year, a nice full season.
2: Yeah, I mean, in your oaks is oaks a very dense wood. Hickory is very dense as well, but it seems to dry a little quicker, but like your oak, some oak can take up to 2 years to season properly.
1: Yeah. I cook and, over all pure oak and unfortunately it's very difficult down here to find somebody that is not kiln drying their oak. Just yeah. just because they don't have the room, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They don't want they don't want to take up the real estate to dry that out. And then Yeah beast and still have to be competitive in pricing.
2: I can respect that.
1: Like You know, that's a hard one. It's a
2: challenge. We've got all six varieties and you know, people call me, "Hey, I need a bush like a face cord of this." And it's like, "Okay, it's X number of dollars. Well, why are you so much more than the guy next door?" So well, the guy next door is selling mixed hardwood and who knows what's in it. If you want a pure variety of wood, we've got a Keep six varieties of wood, all stacked, all separate in a yard full of all different types of wood. It's, it's labor intensive. It's time consuming and it sucks.
1: I think that is one of the funny things that most people don't understand is when you start looking at getting pure oak or pure, pure hickory uh, or you want pure cherry or something like that. It it always baffles me when these guys, and we've had it before where they're like, oh yeah, well what do you want mixed or do you want, you know, pure? And I'll tell them that I, I want, you know, pure oak, and they come and deliver, and they'll be taking it off their truck, and there's a ton of wood on their truck, and I'm like, Oh, you guys got a bunch of other pure oak deliveries today? And they're like, No, the rest is mixed, but I can tell which one is which. <laughs> I'm like, mmm.
2: I mean, sure you can tell, but you're really gonna sort.
1: Not when he's moving as fast as he's moving. You know what I mean? Like now, the delivery guys that we use is it's it's literally just our truck. It or like it's just full. Like the delivery is just ours, right? So when he's when he's dropping it off, it's just me. Nice. It's not going to you know fifteen different fifteen different places or you know fifteen different restaurants or. You know, he's delivering to me as a restaurant and then five other houses as, you know, people that are using personal wood. It, it's just he's delivering to me and then that's about it. <laughs> mm. And I, I think yeah, that works safe for that. You do pay a little bit more.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You, you know, oh, yeah. you're paying a little bit more because you're you're making sure, though.
2: Yeah, and it's it's all those extra steps and time that, that goes into it. Right.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
2: It's. Basically a overhead.
1: Kind of, yeah. You know, you pay a little bit more. Um, that's the other thing that most people don't understand is, um, like, it's going to be worth it on the end product to not take those shortcuts and yeah. not just throw in whatever wood you think is like hardwood. mm mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, it, it
2: changes, it can change your whole dish. Like it's, yeah. every wood's got their own flavor. You know, every chef has their flavor profiles that they want. Like we supply restaurants all, all throughout the country. And, you know, the first first question I have for every chef is, you know, what are you going for? Can I recommend something? Do you know exactly what you want? You know, I usually, it, it, they either know or they're asking and, you know, we help determine what they're after again if it's a if it's a southern smokehouse you want hickory you're sure you're confident i have no problem supplying that but you know i've talked to restaurants that their smokers getting delivered next week and they've never even fired it up they have no clue i'm like
1: i don't think you want to start with hickory you know you can start with the hardest wood (laughs) the one that's going to give you the heaviest smoke yeah it it, it, it's it's very funny. I actually um, – I went to a, um, a pit master's dinner and the pit master there or the, the, the guy that was – I guess they were calling their pit master said to me – You know, I asked him, I'm like, well, what kind of wood do you guys smoke with? And he goes, well, we use hickory because it's the lightest of all the barbecue woods. And I was like, ooh. Sure, man. I'm like, who told you that? Maybe, yeah. maybe it's one of the most familiar, or what most people assume to be barbecue woods. Yeah. You know, I was just teaching a class this this past week, and um, one of the guys walked into the building that we were that we were te- at the school we were teaching at, and um, he's like, mm, "The hickory smells so good outside." You guys doing a barbecue class? And I'm like, yep, but I cook over pure oak. (laughs) And he's like, oh, yeah. I'm like, you should think about taking a barbecue class sometime. And he's like, I'm good with barbecue. I know everything I need to know. Like, okay.
2: You never know enough.
1: Oh, but I was just like, okay. Clearly, you came in telling me that my hickory smells so good. (laughs) And I'm like I don't have any hickory in my pit. <laughs> it's all pure oak.
2: <laughs> yeah, oak's awesome.
1: Now, do you? Let's go down this little rabbit hole. Do you guys? What kind of oak do you guys uh, provide? Is it a white oak? Is it a red oak? What we your... have,
2: we have both, and uh, typically we we just mix them up. Okay. To be- be honest, it's...
1: So it's an oak blend, or it's a pure oak blend.
2: Yeah. Yeah, like, I don't like to say it's pure red or it's pure white, because there's times where I can get either, and there's times where I can't. Um, So I don't like to kind of differentiate which one... Yeah, absolutely. In my personal opinion, they're very similar characteristics. Somebody else may disagree, but...
1: I think that um, in... I agree and disagree with you on that. I believe, to me, I believe a red oak gives me a little bit more color than than, than white oak will. Yeah. Um, and if it's mixed in, if and that's what we get is we get a mix. We get a red mm-hmm. and white oak mix, which I kind of like because I get the I think I get better color when I get a couple sticks of red oak get in there, and then you know the white oak just just running it as a fuel.
2: Yeah, I can see that. I like, personally, I, I if I could, I, I like the red. Uh, it's got a nicer, cleaner bark. The white oak can be kind of more stringy and a pain in the ass to work with and, and process. But um, it's definitely, the, the red oak's a cleaner, nicer looking wood in general.
1: Yeah. It is, it is a little bit more appealing to the eye, I guess.
2: <laughs> yeah. White's got that deeper bark and it's yeah. sometimes got mossy stuff growing on it because oak trees live forever. Yeah. So sometimes we'll split that off and just keep the keep the appeal up.
1: Now do you guys um when you guys are doing the splits, are you guys just kinda are you guys trying to make smaller splits for most people? Or do you guys have have customers that will ask for that? I know for us we ask for smaller splits. And then obviously I have a wood splitter also for when he can't get me this exact size split that I want because no one's going to sit there like a psycho like me (laughs) and be like, okay, I want my, you know, I want my smaller splits for this. I want, sometimes you got to throw in just a smaller split. You know, it's like I need to raise it 10 degrees. So, you know, here we go. Just a small little split will help it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So we basically often call it double split. So, you know, you take your average firewood log and, split it again Uh, i like to say you know when i'm trying to explain to people over the phone i see you know three to four inch diameter basically there's not going to be any wood in our bags that you can't put two hands around which is basically
1: i mean if you uh the way that i've always been or the way that i've explained it to a lot of my friends to help them i'm like i kind of like using thicknesses of wood that are you know as thick as my wrist as thick as my forearm and as thick as, like, three of my fingers. Yeah. And when, you know, I say that to them, they're like, oh, that makes sense.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> we go much smaller than the three-finger mark. But, yeah, we're basically right in that ballpark. And a lot of that reason is we 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 cater to a lot of the retail, yep. um, retail market. And, I mean, let's be honest, not a lot of people have huge – units in their backyards, right? No,
1: absolutely. So,
2: and, and like you said, it, it only helps with temperature control and, and ease of use. So mm-hmm. you put a massive log in a bag and most people probably aren't going to want the extra effort of splitting it up.
1: And that and the thing is like a lot of people, if they're throwing it on top of charcoal or if they're just adding it as a flavor profile, you know what I mean? They're not using it as a, as a heat source. They're just using it as a flavor Um, they're going to, that log's just too big. You just don't need that much. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Especially the heavier woods.
1: Oh yeah, exactly. And a lot of it, you know, it'll be, it'll, it'll burn up three fourths of the way through a cook or, or, or burn up three fourths of the way and then cooks over. So if they don't snuff it out correctly or if they don't put it out right, either that wood's going to completely burn up and they're going to lose it completely or, they're just you know going to be like man I keep you know using all these logs and they're costing me so much more money but I'm not getting the the longevity that I should out of them or that they feel that they should and so when you make them that correct size then they then it's it's almost like helping that end user out yeah and I think that's awesome would... cuz I I think there are a lot of people out there that just don't know what size chunks they should be using
2: yeah I mean the fact that you mentioned chunks is funny because we, we also do the chunks and we sell probably three to one chunks to log bags up here. Um, and I think a lot of that has to do with, like I said, there's, you know, we're we're catering to that retail market and that oh. consumer. A lot of those consumers have the big green eggs, uh, the Weber kettles, the, you know, charcoal, charcoal grills, basically.
1: Yeah. And they just no, want to throw that chunk on top. have
2: That offset smoker in their backyard right so the chunks are huge for us like they've really they've really helped put us on the map and and get us to where we are today for sure
1: and now when did you guys decide to roll that part out so we were about two years
2: into it and we just like you know we started seeing the the u.s like a lot of canada follows the u.s barbecue trend as long as much as us Canadians don't like to admit it. It's true. Uh, It just doesn't exist up here like it does down there. It's getting better, but, uh, you know, you start seeing a lot and reading a lot, and I just thought, what the hell, we we might as well try it, and then we did, and a couple of the retailers jumped on board right away um, because, simple fact was, there was no other option other than your big-name brands that had their chunks in plastic bags yep well they're kiln dried our put our stuff in a plastic bag and within about a week or two it's going to be growing mold i've yeah, cause the much, hard way
1: because there's too much moisture yeah unfortunately so it uh
2: it was basically it was an easy it was an easy sell for us and it it's still probably one of the better moving products we have Um, again, based on certain markets.
1: Now I'm guessing what you guys are doing is you're, um, putting them inside kind of like not, not nylon bags, but, um, what is the word I'm looking for?
2: Uh, Uh, it's like a mesh, like a very fine mesh. That is the
1: word I am looking for. Uh, (laughs) I was looking for mesh.
2: (laughs) Completely breathable, completely transparent. You can see what you're getting. Um, yeah, they're. Our chunks are about fist size on average, I guess.
1: Which is which is a great chunk size.
2: Yeah, uh, the you know the Komodo grills they love them. Uh, we've been to a bunch of green egg fests and yeah, and many more, I'm sure. Uh, but yeah, basically any any charcoal grill uses them. I even we even have guys that put them on uh, on their gas grill, throw it in the yeah. back corner, let it yeah. smoke away
1: just to add a little bit of flavor. Yeah. yeah now let me ask you this on 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 Canada's Canada laws because US has interesting laws on on wood and wood going across state lines. Um due to bugs and all that kind of crazy shit. How how are how are the laws up there for you guys?
2: Same kind of crazy shit it's uh it's pretty strict like we to the best of my knowledge the last meeting i had with with our government here we were one of the only if not the only guys permitted in ontario to export firewood out of province this was a 3 plus year process of just absolute bullshit and red tape nonstop with the government to get that green light and uh, they were basically on monthly audits where they come check everything out, paperwork, facility audits. It it is a big ordeal here as well. Like it, I can't send a skid, I can't send a bag, never mind a skid, of wood across the provincial provincial line without having a movement, what's called a movement certificate attached to it. Okay. And so yeah, it's definitely it's definitely not easy. I mean, we have. We have some bugs up here that are detrimental to the forestry industry and and just nature in itself. Like they're wiping out acres of trees, so I can understand. You know, we don't want to spread that across Canada or even into the states. Although it's unfortunately moving regardless of their efforts.
1: Well, yeah, I mean they can't stop a bug. Like they can, but it's very difficult to stop one bug, let alone you know all you know, unless you're trying to stop all the bugs. You can't yeah. you can't just be like, listen, and we're just gonna kill off this one bug. Like it's it's yeah. a very difficult thing.
2: Yeah, it's it's a challenge. I mean we got hit last year with a phone call that basically and this is it. Like it's we're at their mercy, the government. They basically called me up and they're like, You can't you can't ship anything out of province. So it's like it was the middle of I forget, but it was the middle of the summer. I'm like, what do you mean? This is peak season. You've had all winter to tell me this, and you just decide today I can no, I got to stop shipping everything. And um, I mean, in our in our luck, the way luck had it, I guess is what I'm saying. We didn't have anything any big orders leaving at that time, but there was some new bug introduced, and we had to get all retrained and all new facility paperwork and. It scared the shit out of me. Like you know, a big order comes in to a loyal customer out west or whatever, and I can't send it. Well, their restaurant depends on it, or their store needs that product. Like it was, it was a pretty big deal.
1: Well, I think and I that think, could happen again. Unfortunately, I mean, like the store, the store can can maybe get get away with it, but when a restaurant cooks over this, and, and this is what you rely on, I mean, that's yeah. a hard one. You know what I mean? Like yeah. if my wood guy called me and he's like, Hey, dude, I can't get you wood tomorrow. I'd be like, uh but I need it. Yeah. Like, like you know what I mean? It's like, I can't feed my family if you can't give me your, you know what I mean? Like, that, yeah, that's what it kind of comes down to. You know what I mean? It's like, I can't feed other people that give me money if I don't have wood to cook over.
2: Yeah. It's, 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 it's not a fuel. It's an ingredient. Like, you got to have it, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, it'd be like, I mean, dude, it'd be like going to your supplier and them being like, we can't give you briskets. <laughs> and you're like, but I got an order for 50 briskets. Yeah, that's just not going to happen. That's like, oh, okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like, you're dead in the water. Sure.
2: Yes, basically.
1: It's, you're, you know, you're dead in the water and um, there's nothing else you can do. So that, that's very interesting. Now, I know that, like, that's why a lot of places do kiln dry their, their wood because that does, I believe, once you kiln yep. dry, that, that kind of kills off anything that could be inside the wood, correct?
2: Yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, kiln dried. However, it has to be a government inspected and regulated kiln. So there's very few of them around which makes it even more difficult um and costly of course i mean you can imagine these things are massive ovens there that wood sits in for you know 24 hours to a week depending on the situation and you got to keep that thing pretty hot so it's it's not cheap to put wood in a kiln either um but yeah if you kiln drying it you can move it if you have the proper certificates along with it yeah but the- Kinda not really what we're we're not going for that. I even if I even if I wanted to, it's kind of goes against what we're trying to do here. I'm not trying to provide wood to all of North America. We just we want to provide a great product and and that's it. I don't care to be the biggest wood supplier in North America. We just want to have a good product, not a lot of it.
1: You don't want to be the biggest, you want to be the best. Yeah, we'll go with that. You know what I mean? I, I I'm just that's the way I would view it. Is I don't I don't need to be the biggest. I I just need to be the best, because that yeah. means people will wait either wait for my product or they will, um, you know, they they'll seek it out.
2: Hmm. Yeah we we get like we get people seeking us because it's it's such a niche up here. Like basically the main reason I jumped on this as soon as I saw that opportunity. It's. Like you guys in the states, you've got a lot more options, depending where you are, obviously. But yeah, even Canada, there's there's just really no. I mean, sure, there's tons of farmers, there's tons of guys selling wood at you know the end of their laneway or whatever for firewood. But it's it's those people that want the quality, they want it separated, they want it seasoned properly, they want it split or cut or or whatever. It there's not really too many other options, and and that's basically why we jumped on it
1: and i mean it's kind of like the thing i always say like with barbecue is you know i'm thinking about what you're gonna eat before you're even thinking about dinner right yeah and in a way you're the guy that's thinking about what i'm gonna cook before I'm even thinking about purchasing that wood. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you're thinking about what, what's the best wood for me to cook over before I'm even calling you to purchase that wood. Because that's how long it takes to, you know, it, it has to season.
2: Well, this is, this is, yeah, you're absolutely right. We, we get challenged often. Um, like I've had to turn down some pretty significant retailers based on the volume that they want. And again, I'm not trying to be greedy and I'm not going to take on a new a new retailer that's got half a dozen stores or more and does huge volumes and then screw over my loyal guys that have helped put me on the map. Um, I can't triple or quadruple my output overnight because realistically, that wood's not ready to go as much as I'd love to get it processed and get it the hell out of here. It's. It's going to taint our brand if we're sending out a shitty product, right? Yeah. So, I mean, every year we make steps, we get, you know, 30% more product or 40% more of this. So, you know, we watch the trends, we watch our numbers, what's coming in and out every year and forecast and try to be proactive. But, you know, I can't, I just can't send out five times more wood next month. It doesn't really work that way, unfortunately, but again be the best
1: now here's my question how do you kind of foresee the future you know what i'm saying like when you're like okay next summer we're gonna go through x amount of face cords or x amount of cords of wood how do you kind of because that's like you're you're looking 12 months ahead of time right always so you're looking like what's gonna happen next october you know what I mean? Like, oh, wh- how do you how do you kind of see your growth, and how do you pre- prep for that? Because that's, that's kind of something that most people in most businesses don't have to do as yeah. intensely as you guys do.
0: <laughs> it's
2: it's been a learning curve, to say the least, as you know any business is. Um, but you know, being learning to be more organized and keeping keeping track and keeping figures of what we are selling uh, helps tremendously, which we've only started doing in the last year or two. But my plan was just always have a plan B. So if I know I'm getting low on wood, I start looking for a plan B. And luckily we have a lot of guys in the area that have wood. And if I know that guy's got a pile of hickory, I'll go out. I'll buy the whole pile from them. I don't care if it sits there for another year, but I know it's there ready to go, right? Yeah. And, uh, like, basically, there is no real answer to that question other than try to plan as best you can and have more, let's just say buy way more freaking wood than I think I'll ever sell. And uh, sometimes we still sell out.
1: Yeah, because, I I mean... That's the only thing that I could really kinda of look at is you're you're projecting so much further in advance than most businesses are. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're you're hoping that you that you're selling this in in twelve months. And if yeah. you're not, but, you're sitting on it.
2: Well that's and that's the beauty in a way, is you know, a pile of a pile of good wood if it's stacked properly and even if you have to cover the top of it as long as that wood's breathing out in the air and wind and whatnot so what if it sits for two years it's not going to go bad it's once it reaches that state of season it's not going to over season until unless it's sitting in damp wet like environments where it's not it doesn't have the chance to dry you know what i mean yeah so if i have a pile that's a year and a half old. So be it. We used it up. Um, It's nice to have. It's better to have too much than not enough is what I'm trying to say. Now, my biggest pain in the ass is by far peach because it's not easy to find by any means. And it's easily our number two uh, right behind hickory for popularity. And uh, yeah, I hate everything about Peach, but people love it. I mean I love cooking on it. I just hate the business end of it.
1: Yeah. Hey, I mean it's that that's uh that's kinda of the goal or that's kinda of the game you're playing, right? Or you gotta yeah. find it, you gotta make sure you can source it properly, and then do the rest that you do to it.
2: Like in theory peach should be like we keep everything Like, all varieties, the same price in their respective categories for, like, the formats. Um, But in theory, like, peach costs, peach has their greatest overhead by far to try and find it. Go go drive for hours to get it and get it home and process it. and, And you never get very much of it at a time because how often do you find a guy clearing out a peach orchard? If you do, you just won the lottery and you start calling up tractor trailers to go pick it all up which i still haven't won that lottery but
1: you you still haven't found that lottery that lottery tickets still still out there in the world
2: yeah but no peach peach has been huge for us and and it was the last one to be introduced and like i said it's it's a very close second if not sometimes the most popular wood we have because i mean. Really, even the big American brands without naming any names, very few of them even have a peach option.
1: Yeah, the peach is not... Unless you unless you know a good Georgia boy. It's I know. pretty diff- difficult. That's funny, actually. Uh,
2: Ryan Lane at Lane's Barbecue. Yeah,
1: I know Ryan. Good dude.
2: Yeah, great guy. We... We've chatted before at a couple events in Toronto, and he's like, "Man, peach, really? Like, he's from Georgia. It's like we don't even have peach down there. We don't even use it.
1: <laughs> it it's not found, easy."
2: Found that funny
1: because it, it's not easy to source. Yeah, you know, if you got if you got it, you you know you'll, you'll use it, but it's not Man, easy to source.
2: The smell of peach as you're processing it all the way to burning it just everything about it i love myself like it's it's such a unique wood it's i would say it's similar to apple but it's next level like i think it's just it a better color cold. than apple so sweet smelling yeah. colors off yeah
1: i'm a big uh, fan of orange wood which okay. is not easy to get whatsoever no. <laughs> <laughs> but i'm a huge fan of it on pork I yeah. think it adds a little bit of a citrus flavor to it. Yeah. And I just what think it mean? pairs so well. But it's like trying to source it is like beating your head against a brick wall. <laughs> and saying that it doesn't hurt.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: Cause nobody's getting rid of nobody's like, Oh yeah, we're cutting down a million orange trees. Here we go. Yeah. Just not happening.
2: Well, even when they prune, you know, like pruning of the trees gives you doesn't give you like much of anything. You you gotta find significant source. Like a, a pruning is, is not much more than your thumb. At yeah, exactly.
1: Best.
2: And that, what the hell are you gonna do with that?
1: You got a couple of sticks here. Yeah. It's like, oh so, uh, here we, go. we got some twigs. You can burn these up in about two seconds. And especially if there's somebody like me who cooks on a on a stick burner. Um, yeah, hopefully,
2: it got a secondary source of heat or charcoal below it or something.
1: Yeah, I mean, you're you. I need real logs. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, we don't even offer the
2: the peach in logs because it's literally impossible. We only do the chips and chunks. Because and that's all
1: you can kind of really get size wise.
2: Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Makes sense. They'll cut nice. a couple branches down.
2: <laughs> yeah
1: nothing no no real no real things and that that's the heart also i mean peach trees aren't that big no in an no
2: orchard orchards of any kind tend to keep them pretty small for ease of picking and and working with the trees right
1: now are you guys you you guys obviously you said you offer apple right um yep. now is that an easier source
2: definitely easier uh, we try to get a lot of wild apple, okay, uh, and our contacts through the loggers, they they already know we're looking for it. And apple pretty commonly grows on the edges of of the forests and the bush. And a lot of times they kind of got to cut their way in when they're logging. So anytime they see these trees, they'll give them, they'll save them for us. And uh, you get a lot nicer body wood out of a wild apple tree than you do. The orchard stuff.
1: Now, why is that?
2: They just they're they're allowed to grow wild. They're three, four, five times the higher and bigger because they're just doing what trees do. They're not being forced to to produce fruit, right? Okay. Uh, much nicer wood for sure. So because they're
1: not, the, yeah, they're not they being grow. worked basically. Yeah. Yeah, that make that does make sense. I mean, it, you you can produce it produces just a better product.
2: Mm-hmm. And like a lot of times orchard trees go hollow and like rot out in the middle. Like you get a nice log and you're like, Oh sweet. And you start cutting into it and the, the insides half shit, half gone. It's like, you don't even get, you get a quarter of it basically because the whole half is gone.
1: Yeah. And, and then the it's whole not, a, not as good of a log. Yeah. It's very interesting. I do think it's funny. We'll talk to people and they're like, you know, where do you store your wood? And we store it outside. And they're like, yeah. even in the winter and everything like that. And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, what about when it rains? And my wife's even said it like before. She's like, you know, it rained. I bet you the wood's going to be wet. I'm like, yeah, it's going to be wet on the outside.
2: Like, <laughs> Yeah, it's amazing how fast it dries.
1: It doesn't. Yeah, but it's like what unless you throw that wood into water like and soak it for years, it's, it's, yeah. it's not going to like – water doesn't penetrate logs quite that quickly.
2: <laughs> a couple hours in the sun and a bit of a breeze and it, it could have rained for the last three days and it will be dry again.
1: Yep. And I think that's a, um, a weird urban myth for a lot of people when, when they are smoking, they, they're like, oh, I got to soak my chunks. Or I got to soak my chips.
2: I couldn't agree more.
1: It's like, dude, that wood isn't going to soak that in. Yeah. Like, it's just going to be the, surface level.
2: The extra smoke you're getting is just the moisture or water putting out the charcoal below it.
1: Yeah, which is killing your fuel source. Yeah. It's stupid.
2: Yeah, like... like People ask me all the time, and on on chips, I don't agree with it either. But I don't doesn't really, I guess, quote unquote, bother me as much. But the chunks, it's like, no man, if you're gonna if you're gonna buy ours, just try it on its own. It will outperform that kiln dried chunk.
1: Yeah. Um, but even if it's kiln dried, I mean, dude, that stuff's so rock hard, so yeah. dry, like. Do you know how long that shit would have to soak for you to actually get any moisture back into it? Oh, yeah. And it, it ain't going to be the 24 hours that you decided to soak it for. Yeah, well, <laughs>
2: people don't even plan that far ahead.
1: That's what I'm saying. Like, there's people like, I need to soak my chips for two hours. What the hell <laughs> for? Oh, so that they're wet when I throw them on my, on my grill. Oh, sounds like a horrible idea. It really does. So, have to each their own. Yeah, I mean, I, when I teach barbecue classes, I kind of break it down and, and talk about, like, why it's not, like, ideal and all, all that kind of fun stuff. Yeah. So,
2: you know. Yeah, education is everything. Some people, maybe they were taught that way or, or seen somebody do it that way, and to this day, they just do it that way.
1: Yep. And, and, and that is – a lot of that is like, hey, uh, this person taught me this. And they and they do it.
2: Yeah. People are creatures of habit, right?
1: Usually, yes. Usually, Something. Usually a lot of people are creatures of habit. They're just like, yeah, you know what? I was told to do it like this and I keep doing it. It's like, well, are you getting a great result? And they're like, nope. <laughs> You're like, Awesome. Keep doing it that way. Yep. Yeah. Oh, but I don't want to change it. Awesome. Okay. It's like just, oh, it's crazy. It really is. Um, yeah. I wanna, dude. I wanna say thank you for coming on the podcast and hanging out with us. Now, you guys are right now only available in Canada, correct? Yeah. Okay. Are there well, any are you our, guys any things about maybe coming to the states, or is that just my, is that a nightmare? Because I can not only really. imagine.
2: Not really. I've been told by my government inspectors that it's not impossible. Um. So right there, that got me excited. Um. However, that's only for our non like our our natural wood products, which is the chips, chunks, and logs. Um, However, our wood pellets that we just released can easily cross the border. Yep. Um, However, I mean, we're we're small fish in the big sea for the pellets. Um, But up here, we really have no premium pellet. There's no other... Everything's coming from the States, believe it or not. Okay. Uh, There's a few... There's a few like economy brand pellets that some of the heating pellet guys make and call them barbecue pellets, but I've heard a lot. I've, I've sampled them myself. They're, you don't really know what's in them. Oh, they great. Produce, they produce a lot of like soot, and your meat gets just covered in black stuff. They're not very consistent. That's it, delicious. it is. You, you get what you pay for, right? Oh, yeah. So. Like we we decided to again fill that niche up here, right? That's why we jumped on it. (laughs) Took some big risks, made some big investments, and I mean our margins are way lower than they can be, but I refuse to put my name on something that's shit, basically.
1: Hey, I mean that's a that's a good thing to do.
2: We're associated as like a premium a premium brand when it comes to natural woods and, and cooking woods and whatnot so like w- why screw that up and and go with an economy pellet so we're trying to compete with the big guys uh and that that being said we have we have the ability to get that into the states but i feel like as much as i'd love to i feel like our, our woods would actually be more competitive in the states than the pellet
1: I, I think you, you're probably right. Yeah. Because um, it'd be awesome. Like if I could source sugar maple, uh oh, that'd be fantastic. Yeah. What let me ask you this, what is, what's a face court of sugar maple running up there?
2: Uh it's a tough question. We we don't even sell it that way. But oh you guys don't be,
1: do face courts, okay. Cause do you just do the chunks and chips?
2: No, no, we do. Like everything we do is typically bagged. Okay. Um, and a lot of that reason is like we're sending this stuff across the country, in some some instances, like we got, we got eight skids going out to Edmonton next week. It's, yeah, it's
1: hard to send. It's hard to send a face cord.
2: It's hard to send loose wood because you can get two or three times as much wood on that same skid if it's stacked properly and in bags. Like there's zero right. airspace.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I totally get you.
2: Uh, but I mean. Ballpark, you're probably looking north of two hundred bucks a face cord.
1: Yeah, that's brutal. Yeah, it's a little brutal. Not that it, it's not worth it, but it, you know, when you start going through, you know, two face cords a month, three face cords a month, it, yeah. it starts to, um, starts to I mean, get expensive.
2: You can get a mixed heart you can get a mixed cord of face uh sorry, a mixed cord of wood for eighty to a hundred bucks. Um, yeah,
1: but there's no fun in that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's again, it's it's you gotta find it, you gotta keep it separate, you gotta you gotta find the guys that have it that Oh, in I'm that. not
1: I'm not even like I'm not even complaining about that price, to be honest. I at d- least
2: it's Canadian dollars. You guys get Get a discount right away.
1: Yeah, see, that's perfect for me. But <laughs> I mean, I I I I wouldn't complain about that. To be honest, I don't know that I would use it as my for, for the restaurant, but like for yeah. personal, like at home cooking, I would totally do that because yeah. I know I know it's going I know it's going for me, and I'm not saying saying that the restaurant doesn't um, deserve the same same kind of thing that I do for at home, but I just know that my, I would like that for my flavor profile sometimes at home.
2: Yeah. Well, not it's, always it's, at the restaurant. You're not, you're not doing it all day, every day at home. You can justify that, that it costs a lot better than a restaurant. And like restaurants are tough. Like they want the quality, but at the end of the day, it's right off your bottom line. Right.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean the, the hard thing is, I mean, if I'm spending over two hundred dollars on a face cord, then that that goes to my consumer. You know what I yeah. mean. I I have to push that that cost onto somebody else. You know what I mean. So it's not, you know, that pulled pork isn't going to be ten dollars. It's going to be it's going to be twelve dollars now, because I have yeah. to I have to I, have to, I have to charge a little bit more. And I'm just throwing those numbers out there. Those are you know, yeah, just, yeah. just as, as even even numbers. You you have to like. If you're you you know you're paying one twenty five and now your your wood cost went up to two hundred, I mean you're gonna start I mean there, there, that's a difference. Something has to make that up, right?
2: Sure. <laughs> so, yeah, you it, can't you can't eat all the costs yourself, or or what's the point?
1: Well, I mean, if you eat all the costs, you basically don't have any profit, and then you're not a business; you're just a a charity. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it, that's kind of kind of where it goes to
2: sure I, I couldn't agree more we we run into it all the time like i one of our one of our other big products that's actually taken off like crazy in the last couple of years is our our pizza blend and it's basically a good combination of hardwoods that people buy to heat their pizza ovens with pizza ovens okay. are getting ever so popular right absolutely and um yeah they're like well that's too much money or whatever said so, well you can you're going to burn less, but you can go buy the cheap stuff and you'll just burn more. And at the end of the day, are you any further ahead? Yeah. And, um,
1: I mean, are you? No. If, 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 if I can use four logs instead of nine logs, I yeah. mean, what's the difference?
2: And it's going to taste 100 times better because you don't even know what you're burning in the other stuff. Yeah. Like it could be pine in there, and well, enjoy your your pine flavored pizza, I guess.
1: Yeah, exactly.
2: But yeah, we we get a lot of restaurants and inquires and like, oh, we can't justify that, blah blah blah, and they want to run like straight Santa Maria style grills or live fire grills with nothing but wood all day and night. And I get it; it's there's nothing better. But sometimes we can we basically come up with a plan where they. Use use some charcoal as a secondary heat source, and when the grill's slow, you keep the fire going with some charcoal. And when the orders start rolling in, just keep the logs off to the side, roll them into the middle, and start cooking. Like you yeah. don't need to sit there burning top quality wood when the grill's dead, right? So there's I, there's a way around it, and we like to work with restaurants, obviously, and give yeah. them the best product we can. But I and I we we get inquiries all the time and, and you know we don't end up supplying and i get it it's it's back where we started it's the overhead is crazy trying to keep it all separate and and doing what we do
1: it's just the game that we play you know what yeah. i mean it really is like some people it, it's just the game that you play you you have to you can't eat all the costs and you also can't you know you can't cheap out on all the costs either. So you have to kind of figure it out. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah. Like you start cheating the system, you're, you're going to get that reputation. There's, I don't know. I've learned what it's going to come back and bite you in the ass if you want to cut corners. And I mean, I haven't learned that in my business, but I've learned that in life. Like be humble, be who you are, do, do the right thing. And it'll, it'll pay off and if it doesn't oh well at least you at least you can say you tried
1: no yeah i mean it you, you if you do your the best that you possibly can then you know that you left it all out on the table right
2: yeah like people tell me all the time like i'm not saying we're we're the most expensive wood in the world but like, like i said it's it's not cheap and we lose deals all the time and it sucks but it's a reality like People go into a restaurant and eat there once and they don't come back because it's too expensive. Well, there's people that want quality and there's people that want a deal. And well,
1: and I was having this conversation with somebody uh, the other day is, you know, she was like, my family is totally the, like, quantity over quality. Yeah. Like, they're all about, like, you know, going to the buffets and doing this and doing that. And she's like, and I'm totally this the exact opposite of I want, you know, I want um, quality over quantity. Like I'll, I'll pay a little bit more for for something instead yes. of, uh, you know, it, it, instead of being like, oh, I'm going to get so much more here. I'll pay mm-hmm. that a little bit more because I know I'm going to get get a better – Get a better product.
2: Yeah, like my wife and I, we love food, we love cooking, we love going out, and we'd rather go out less often, but when we do, go to that awesome place that we haven't tried before. And so it costs a little more. You don't go out as often, but you pick, you get what you pay for, right?
1: I, I feel like I do the same thing, like with vacations too. Yeah. Like we'll go on a bigger vacation versus. Doing like a bunch of small little trips, yeah. Um, and people are like, "Why don't you just do a bunch of small little trips?" And it's like, "Cause I rather just kind of go out and then not worry." Yeah, you know what I mean. You're like, "Oh, cool! I'm gonna I'm going out. I know I'm I know it's my vacation. I can spend whatever I want."
2: Yeah, we actually just came from Chicago this weekend. Oh, we were down.
1: You should have hit us up.
2: Should I didn't even think about it.
1: <laughs> Man, it's all good. I want to say thank you so much for coming on the podcast. If you can do me a favor, can you tell everyone where they can find you guys, find your guys' journey on the internet and all that kind of fun stuff where they can kind of keep up with you guys?
2: Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for having us. Uh, we've got our website at Furtado Farms, F-U-R-T-A-D-O, FurtadoFarms.ca. Uh, we've also got the socials going on the Instagram and the Facebook. And, uh, yeah, look us up. Ask us some questions. We'd be happy to help.
1: If you if you're in the Canadian area, um, you can definitely source some wood from them. Um, and you know, and stay and stay, stay tuned. tuned. We'd
2: love, love to take it south of the border.
1: You, okay, they do. That sounds awesome. Let us know when you do. Um, we definitely want to help you guys out the best that we possibly can. Maybe get you back on the podcast and uh, have you chat a little bit more about you know about that that journey and making making that possible because i'm sure that's going to be a little bit of a pain in the ass also i'm sure there's there there definitely is a little bit of pain in the ass
2: (laughs) it's definitely is definitely on the radar so uh i don't want to say it's in the near future or or next year or whatnot but i definitely i definitely would love to do it
1: it's a goal now i like to end the podcast in in a cool way um if you could get if you could go back in your barbecue career and give yourself three tips. Right? Yeah. To shorten your learning curve. What would those three tips be? Uh,
2: I've heard this on other podcasts and it's always a tough one. Ah,
1: uh, that's um, such a
2: good one. Number one is don't oversmoke it. Uh you can really ruin you can really ruin it. Yep. Uh I know that from experience.
1: <laughs>
2: uh um, I guess don't be afraid to experiment either, though. On the same token, like give up the gas grill and, and start just trying stuff. Get out of your comfort zone, basically.
1: Get out of that comfort zone and just, just start trying stuff. And the worst thing that can happen is you can order pizza.
2: That's right. Just hopefully not. you're not doing like, like a wig brisket or something at that time. but You just hope. Oh, well.
1: Man, I want to say yeah. thank you for coming on the podcast again. Like I said, man, you you guys are fantastic. Your wood product looks f- just phenomenal. Um, I think I think it's a very cool thing what you guys are doing.
2: Yeah, thanks, man. Appreciate it.
1: Cool. Thank you.
2: All right.